by the Living Light Center at Church of Faith and Healing. For anyone interested, Jim and I do personal readings, and if you'd like to have a personal reading, you can call 304-567-3354 or email sandysangeltalk at aol.com. That's S-A-N-D-Y-S-A-N-G-E-L-T-A-L-K at aol.com. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us today. And today our topic is going to be on healing and activation of the light body is now. So I'm going to start off with talking a little bit about the body itself and its connection to, to the universe, to the all. You know, in Leonardo da Vinci's drawing of the man which is standing with his arms extended reveals that man to be the perfect measure and pattern of all things. For if we measure the distance from the soles of the feet to the top of the head and then apply that measurement to the outreached arms, the breadth will be found to be the same as the height. And in the depiction of the canon for proportions of the human soul by Leonardo da Vinci, it's like, and no part of nature is the evidence of a supreme intelligence more conclusive than in the refinement and the symmetry of the human proportions. You know, we are blinded by our own diversified achievements, and we are prone to underestimate the knowledge of anatomy and other sciences that was possessed by the older civilizations. The ravages of time and the vandalisms of mankind have obliterated most of the records of such ancient learnings, and enough remains, however, to convince the open-minded that there are some remote periods that existed upon this planet that a race of super-beings who carved their wisdom into the face of the mountain and marked the broad surface with pyramids and other monuments. You see, the human body is set up in the sanctuaries of the learned, not as an object, for an idol worshiping, but as a constant reminder of the harmonies and proportions of the world. Pythagoras declared that the universal creator had fashioned two bodies in his own image. The first was the cosmos, with its myriad of suns, moons, and planets. And then the second was mankind, in whose internal parts were reflected the entire universe. The human constitution bears the seal or the signature of the whole order. And for this reason, the priests of the primitive traditions, in order to facilitate their study of the natural sciences, caused the statue of the grand man to be set in the midst of the holy place to symbolize the divine power in all of its intricate manifestations. You see, the measurements of the symbolic man were a basic standard by which it was possible to measure by estimation and proportion every part of the cosmos. And you see, the spine, it's a flexible column 
consisting of 33 vertebrae. And the bones composing it are divided into five groups, which were received their names from the positions that they occupied. The first was the cervical, which were seven of them. The second was the dorsal or thoracic. They were 12, and one for each of the ribs, okay? The third was the lumbar, which was five of them. The fourth was the sacral, which had five segments in which an adult are united into one bone. And the, the fifth was a coccyl, small segments of bone, the most rudimentary part of the spinal column. You see, the vertebrae are described as piled one upon the other, forming a strong pillar for the support of the cranium and the trunk. And the whole column may be considered as a hollow cylinder, one of its chief purposes being the protection of the spinal cord. This ladder of bones played a most important part in the religious symbolism of the ancients, where it is often referred to as the winding road or stairway, the straight and the narrow way, and sometimes as the serpent and again as a wand or scepter. And like the backbone of a harp, the long track of bones with its many joints that stretches along the trunk up to the head of the human is called the myrdonda, which is the spinal column. The number 33 is highly significant for David reigned for 33 years in Jerusalem. The time of the Christ was 33 years. There are 33 degrees that are recognized in the ritualism of Freemasonry. And 33 was the cryptic signature for Sir Francis Bacon. You see, now, the kundalini is a Sanskrit word meaning a serpentine or twisting force or gas. And according to the tantric disciples, this force can be drawn up through the central spinal channel. And when it's at its set, it strikes the brain. It stimulates or opens the spiritual centers of consciousness, thereby consuming the yogi's labors towards self-mastery and illumination. Kundalini, also sometimes called the astral serpent, is described as a power or energy. It has its head in the region of the navel, and it's called serpent-like because of its strange curving motions, and it appears to move around and around in a circle. The Ida and Pingala alternate on account of its motion. So as the kundalini ascends, it enters into one spinal chakra after another and incorporates into itself the qualities of these chakras, mastering them and resulting in certain definite extensions of power and sense perceptions. So upon completing its ascent, it has absorbed into its own essence all the qualitative states through which it has passed so that the chakra appears as united into one current, like beads upon a thread or not upon a sacred cord. So the body itself is just as they say, as above, so below. We are made in the image of God. And the most sacred part is that if we understand our physical body, we can understand a lot of the spiritual secrets that were passed on through generations after generations. 
Now, to understand God and your energy field, you have to understand spirit. The Holy Spirit activates electromagnetic frequencies used for healing purposes where God's love flows through you to generate your healing abilities. It is the energy of God transmitting to you and filling you that allows you to do your healings. When one experiences the Holy Spirit within, you will understand the blessings that are extended to you. When you have faith in God and abide by his words, laws, and the wisdom of these, then whatever good you wish to manifest on earth as it is in heaven is possible. When you are in service to God and his children with loving intentions, he will bless your intentions for manifestation. And when you can share your energies of the Holy Spirit with others by being loving and caring and sharing, you have now become one with the all. And this one of the greatest gifts to share with others. When your will and God's will are acting as one, anything is possible. But know that when you become afraid and filled with fear, you lose your connection to the Holy Spirit and the energies of God's peaceful and loving universe. Any type of fear can break that connection. It can be illness, some other person, a survival issue, violence, or a loss of something, or any other thing. Fear disconnects your spiritual abilities to stay in oneness with spirit. It is best to ask God to take these fears from you. Bless them and forgive whoever that is creating this fear in you. And by forgiving someone, it reconnects you to the Holy Spirit and allows healing to yourself so you can do your healing on others and the planet. The other thing is to be grateful for what you have your connection to spirit. Be thankful because one becomes empowered when humbleness is present. You also become more vitalized and balanced. It is in the unconditional love that we are blessed with the light and love of spirit. Remember, in your prayers to give thanks for all of your gifts and abilities and blessings, that have been shared with you, and truly, they will continue to multiply. Each of us are born in the image of God. We have the ability to achieve many incredible things in our life, but we must first learn to embrace our spiritual side, to reach these higher mystical or miracle types of actions. We have to believe We are part of the divine beings of light. And through them, we learn to understand the sacred ways of living. That the physical body is a channel for the light to move through you and be utilized for healing. To be a healer, we have to prepare the body by not embracing the lower energies and acting on them. It takes willpower, faith, and belief in God that by holding a higher purpose, you will be lifted in consciousness 
and the vibration of your body will reach these higher levels. The higher levels are all-consuming love of the divine. So as we consciously try to work on our emotional body and not react to the situations radically, but try to work through the problem as best as possible, we will eventually clear these situations. And the more negative energies we can let go of, the more light will fill its place. Our physical body is really light and can be changed easily once our mind can accept the healing. Every part of our body is energy in motion, including diseases. The body can be healed if the disease is removed. So before you would start adding energy into the body, you need to imagine with your mind that you are a light being. And with your light coming out of your hands and fingers, you can take that light energy and reach into the problem area and see yourself taking hold of this negative energy and then pulling it out of the body. I work with angels, and so I ask the angels to take the negative energy I have removed, and they do. Sometimes I have to move my hands in a scraping motion to get all of the negative energy out of the area. Other times, the energy can be like strings, and I have to gather it in my hands and pull it out of their energy field and give it to the angels. Sometimes it can even feel sticky or slimy. And sometimes, you know, you may go to grab a hold of it and a piece of it breaks off. So you have to go back and continue pulling it out and scraping it out with your hands. And as you work on others, you must always know that before starting the healing, you must have permission to do the work. There are times when a person has to go through lessons, and removing the energy can set the soul back because its purpose and lesson cannot be experienced anymore. So always ask before starting. And if you're told, do not do the healing, honor that message. Now, once the negative energy has been removed, try to intuit anything about this energy, the person that they had in them, that could help them understand why this disease or problem started or developed. Because sometimes, you know, you may not get anything, but if you should, make a point to view it, listen, and understand the message so to help the other person heal. Now that the body is ready for the energy to be added in for the healing, I call upon the Divine Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to allow their light to heal the person. And with my intention, I see the pranic energy moving into the body. I see the body being healed in my mind, and then being healed for several months into the future. After I am done, I will cocoon their body with white light, and bless them through the power of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All of this is done with the energies of love. If you have enough faith and belief 
there is nothing that you can't do. Always use the pranic energy, the atomic energy of the universe, the light of God that is never-ending. Never really use just your personal energy, or otherwise it could leave you feeling very tired and depleted. The light of God will always keep replacing what you use. I have been doing this healing work and teaching others for about 33 years, and I have found when gathering people together as a small group, the power of working on someone is exponential. If there are three people gathered, it's like the energy of three times three or nine people. If there are ten people, then it's like ten times ten or a hundred people. So as the group grows, it takes less time to accomplish results. And when I had a weekly healing group gathered at my house, it was regular to see miracles after miracles occur. It got to the point that everyone, that it didn't seem like a miracle but an expected result to have someone healed. We had people in hospitals with serious injuries released the next day. Tumors, gone. Diseases, disappear, gone. Injuries, healed. So, one must understand that the physical body can be healed, but sometimes if the emotional and mental body is not healed, the condition over time can return. So it's important to address the cause of why the problem started in the first case and share it with the person. After each person was worked on in our healing groups, we would discuss what each of us picked up about the problem, and usually a fairly clear picture was concluded about the condition. The original problem is usually something that has happened to them this lifetime, but not always. Sometimes there are issues from other lifetimes that never got resolved and have been brought into this lifetime to deal with. These can be more tricky to figure out. And unless you get to the root of the problem, it doesn't go away. By working with Holy Spirit and viewing the Akashic Records, Usually you can find the core issue and try to clear it. Once it's cleared, the many layers of issues around it, it's like an onion with its many layers, can be removed and healing can take place. Sometimes there are energies around the body that can be affecting the physical body. They can be negative projected energies from someone. A lot of times, these energies attach at the solar plexus area. And sometimes I've even seen cords attaching to people where these cords are siphoning energy off of the person. I usually visualize taking a golden pair of scissors from a sacred altar and cutting the cord in two places so it cannot reattach. And then visualizing returning the scissors back to the sacred altar. And then project energy to the area where the cord has been cut so to seal it off so nothing can reattach. Sometimes you may see objects in the energy field of the person. If it's at the arm or shoulder, the person may have problems moving their arm or shoulder. And there is a lot of pain there. 
But if you see this or intuit it, that it's there, then there is something on the body. Then use your light fingers to reach into the energy field and remove the object. Once, Once it's been removed, the pain will start to go away. Now remember, once you remove the object, you want to give it to spirit. You want to give it to the angels, or you want to place it in the core of the earth where it, the earth can, can take care of it. These objects can be picked up from accidents in the past. It could be from journeying in your dream states without protection, or it could be for many other reasons. I have seen all kinds of objects on people, from knives to ropes to instruments and devices. You know, each one had its story of how it got put there. But once removed, the person's pain in that area usually goes away. Now, sometimes when you remove it, you may be able to get a vision of how it got placed there to begin with. Maybe looking through a Kishik record, you may get an intuitive sense. When removing these things from people, you must always be careful not to take it onto yourself, be it an emotional problem or a physical problem or objects. I remember when I first started doing healing, I never had a teacher tell me how to do it. I read a book and just tried it. Well, amazingly enough, it worked, and very well. The first case was a gentleman with serious shoulder and muscle issues. After the session, he sat up and said, the pain is all gone, I feel great. Well, later that night, I had the serious shoulder pain in me. And after a few days, it went away in me, but I knew it was this guy's issue I had taken on. Then the second one was my grandmother, who was very sick, and through God, A healing was done on her. Later, she said she felt great afterwards. For myself, the next day, I had these overwhelming feelings like I was going to die. So I called her and I said to her, did you have any thoughts that you were going to die from this sickness that you had? And she said yes, that she did that she really did think that she was going to die. And I pulled that right out of her and right into myself. But when I felt inside of me the dying feeling, I said to myself, this isn't me. I am not sick. This is something I picked up from my grandmother. And I was able to let it go. I was learning how to do healing but needed further help. So after these two lessons, I went to teachers to learn the ways of proper healing for others. Through the many years, I have seen so many people get better from receiving God's light and love. But we are but a channel for others to receive this light and love. It is only through the divine beings that this is made possible. Jesus was the example, and if we believe in him and have enough faith, we can fulfill our desires to be a healer for others. It is our faith and belief that allows the higher vibrational light to flow through us, a feeling of love for others, to want to help them. Hands-on healing 
is but one way of doing healing. Many people have incorporated the assistance of crystals and oils and essences, homeopathics, herbs, sound, and colored light. Each of these are but a vibration, a frequency, that can assist the body in healing. It takes the intention of your mind to, to interact with these crystals and oils and essences and light to be able to fully activate it so that it is like quantum healing. And so when we include these things, always know that we need to include our connection to God and our mental intentions for doing it. Now, other things that can be used are like infrared and ultraviolet light. And other frequency devices can be used to, in, to assist in a person's healing. Know that toning, chanting, sacred chants, prayer, meditation, rhythmic breathing all help to keep the body in tune and healthy. Light exercise, such as walking, is highly recommended too. When we can incorporate these things into our daily routine, you will find you will usually feel better. When I start my healing on someone, I always ask for protection. I ask to connect to the Divine Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and some of the angels, usually Raphael, Gabriel, Michael, and Melchizedek. If there are other beings of light you want to assist you, just ask. They will join you in your healing. They will. Try to do the healing in a place where you won't be distracted or disturbed if possible. Allow the person to be as comfortable as possible. And remember, healing can be done from a distance and projected to a person. Rather, they are present with you or at a distance. Visualize exactly what you believe needs to be done and see it happening. When finished, seal the energies around the person with a cocoon of light. Usually, I do about five feet around the body of the person. Then I bless them through the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I always try to give them information of what I intuited during the session. Sometimes, I get colors, symbols, maybe a short story. Example, like a flood was in the vision. And knowing water visions can be emotions, emotional situations. I try to explain what it meant to me. This helps the person let go of the problem faster because it is getting to the source of the problem. If I see guides or angels or beings of light around them, I tell them about that also. If they have a message for them, I pass it on to them. I always let them know that to discern whatever is said, what is their truth, for this is my truth, but they need to discern for what is their truth. When we are finished, I make sure that they're well-grounded before they set up or walk, and any time after the healing, it's good to drink plenty of water to flush toxins from the body. Your willingness to help someone 
can one day save someone's life. Know that you have the powers of God within you. You are a light being connected to the light of God. And it is through your willingness and your intentions that you can make a difference for someone and this world. Thank you. Wow, that was pretty powerful. Um, you know, I know you covered that in praying for someone, whether they have an illness or whether you just want to pray um, for something that would change their life, you must, of course, like you said, get permission from the individual that would receive um, the power, correct? That's correct. And the thing about it is I hear an awful lot of people, well, you know, I, I went instead to the person's soul and asked the soul if it was okay if I did the, the healing. And I got a yes, and so I went ahead and, and did the healing work. Well, I don't know why I hear that so often, but I hear it a lot. And the idea here is is that there's no way of getting around the law, you know, and the law, not even God will, will you know, interfere with. There is no coercion in spirituality. And so a person has to agree. Now, the only exception to that might be that if a person's in a coma, then, you know, you do the best you can. Um, you can even send the healing light, you know, around the body and ask that it be you know, pulled into the body as the will of the soul would would wish. That's one way of doing it, you know. Or if it's a life or death situation, then you you can go ahead and pray for the individual or do the healing work. But other than that, if the person is able to say yes or no or blink their eyes once for yes and twice for no, you know, I would always recommend getting the individual's permission because it is so more easily received, number one. Number two, of course, I think you said this, Andy, is that at the end of your healing session, you will always give the glory to God. Absolutely. Because if you don't, you take onto yourself the whole of what you're trying to heal. And, you know, we may be growing and expanding in consciousness, but, you know, but there are some things that just are unnecessary for us to have to, you know, transmute through ourselves a very, you know, harsh illness um, that someone may have, you know, is more than is necessary. You know, if you do it in oneness with the Holy Trinity, with, you know, with Yeshua, um, our God and Savior, or with the Holy Trinity, um, Holy Spirit also, um, then you will still take on a little piece, just a little piece of, of what you are trying to heal. Um, I believe it was called virility in, in, the, te- in the, the, the biblical text, but you know, it was why Jesus eventually would get tired at times, because there was so much 
energy going through him that it could be, you know, reignited. It could be recreated within him. But at times he had taken on so much to be transmuted that even he needed to take time to be able to ponder, to be able to rest. And, and it's the same with us, you know, especially with us. You know, in the beginning, there was only three types of basic creation. You have to remember that everything that exists was created within the mind of God. It says that Adam named all of the animals because they were brought to him and he named them. Well, that was before creation in manifestation or the material actually occurred. And so he was actually within the mind of God. And because can you imagine? I mean, here they come, the whole line of them, you know, one by one or two by two, and you, you name each one of them. That's just, you know, the writers of the Bible were trying their best to, to allow for, you know, infinite things that occurred to be understood by the finite mind. And they really did the best they could. Did God create the earth or the world in, in six days and rested on the seventh? Well, again, here we have, you know, the writers, which, you know, it's believed Moses and Joshua, you know, wrote most of Genesis, if not all of it, but if we can imagine that, that could God create, you know, everything in six days? Absolutely. But did he? No. It took, my guess, a day is as a thousand years to the Lord, says the scriptures. And so my guess, it took thousands of years. Now, there is, you know, the lineages in the Hebrew, um, from Adam right on down, and they use that as their as their calendar, um, and and so we get a length of time, and and it's it's different in how it's viewed for each one, but if you could imagine that in the mind of God, creation of all that exists in this realm. And yet, God, desiring companionship, moved. And here's your key. In the movement, in the activity of movement, creation began to come into being. Because it moved in what God said was, let there be light. And in that let there be light, the movement began to occur. And in that light came all of the codes, massive amounts of codes, that were in the form of symbols probably, and were within that light structure. And it moved, which to me is just, I, I just, I love that part of scripture, to hear it, especially in that way. And so, God desiring companionship, inactivity, moved from mind through spirit. And spirit 
acting in matter became creation. And it's really that simple. All of the codes were within the light, and when it struck matter, it's almost like a stem cell. It will go to where it is ordered to go by the codes within creation. And it will begin to bring it into being. And at first, it says that there was chaos. And then there became beauty and serenity. Because everything had to have its place. No two blades of grass are alike. No two trees are alike. I don't care how much they look alike. They're not alike. No two people are exactly alike. There is some difference. Because each holds special place of frequency within creation. That in and of itself can boggle the mind. But the idea here is that when creation occurred from mind moving and an activation or an activity through spirit interacting with matter created the material, the material realms as we see them. You look into the sky, you see the the stars at night, you know, the sun by day. And is it any wonder then that as mankind became aware of its surroundings in some way, um, that the biggest thing to worship was the sun? And so many became sun worshipers rather than realizing in consciousness, that something else was providing the light for the sun, and that that's what should have been worshipped. But we were limited in consciousness from the beginning. And there had to be that working back to where we came from. And so it's very important that we know that. And too often, that's the one thing that we actually don't take much into consideration. The idea, though, is is that we were above everything else that was created because it was created in the mind of God first and then mankind and the physical body we would hold and we were placed into this realm of materiality. The thing about it is is that We think of things as breaking down, changing, you know, I mean, their location in in the heavens. No, not really. We also think that, that, you know, our our astrological chart shows that you are, you know, an Aries and that you are of the ram and that when it gets into its ascendancy that, you know, it can affect us and we can go into anger more easily and, but... It's just the opposite. Everything that was created was created for us. And in the beginning it says, all that was created was created by him, and all that was created by him was made for him. And all that was made for him was made by him. And it's telling you that that we are one, and that everything that was created is for our benefit and for our use. We can have control over the influences of any celestial body. 
best to do it in the purposes of of oneness, of spirit, you know, of of love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy mind, all thy soul, and love each other, even as he has loved us. If we follow that one, that that one guideline, we have fulfilled all of the prophecies. And it will lead us straight home. The idea is, is that we need to bring the Holy Trinity within us. Too often, we want to become one with God, and so we want to move out there to where he is. But the idea is God should not ever, in our minds and hearts, be out there, because God never moved. We did. And we moved away at times. But God never, God never moved. God has always been everything. And if God is everything, if you can bring within you, by following the law, by asking God to be one with him, to let him guide your steps, every step. Let your will be his will. And if you can do that and truly let go and let God and bring that force within you, your soul will literally find its place within you that is comfortable, and it will expel all the darkness. And what will occur is, as you walk forward, the miracles that we call miracles, you know, the movement of spirit happens almost automatically. What used to take, as you desired something, and you would think about it, and you would literally, you know, create it in the upper realms, and it would manifest itself in your path, in your path. And that's one way of doing it. But you know what? In about four years, that nice car that you bought, and it took you know, most of your money to actually buy, keep up, started breaking down, it will continue to destructure. Everything that is made from the will of mankind cannot continue to exist unless you pour forth, I mean, tons of light into it. You have to love it. You have to give it your all. And then... It can continue for quite some time, but not forever. An atom, a matter, a form, is changed. But it does not mean that the source or the spirit of it has changed, only in its form of manifestation, and not in its relation with the first cause. When we can become conscious in this material plane, being aware of what does, what God does about with or consciousness of knowledge that is entering into the first cause, the principles, the basis, the essence, then like begots like. And it's amazing because when God is leading your path and you are stepping back and watching yourself go by in a way it has been put in the Edgar Casey readings. That is patience. And it is the fourth dimensional aspect of time and space. Patience. How often do you get in a line that has two people and the line that has 20 people in it will go through faster than you 
in the little line because we are trying to be taught that patience, step back and let your creator lead you. And you will find that there will be those still those things that come you know, and try to deflect or push you off your path. But you will find that when you pray and you ask that, that an answer be given or found, you will find that almost immediately it, it, it's taken care of. The people that are needed come, the answers that are needed come, the phone calls that are needed come. It's just amazing. I had one guy that, you know, from the state government that told me that, you know, that I was still listed on the books as a treasurer with the executive committee going back, oh, I think to 19, eight, or 2018. And I said, no, I resigned. And he said, well, your name's still on the books. And I said, who else's name on those books? He said, nobody else. I said, well, so, you know, there's no way I could be treasurer. I mean, I resigned you know, after serving six years, and I resigned. He said, well, you can't really resign. Well, come on. I mean, that sounds a lot like slavery to me, <laughs> you know, but um, it's just a ridiculous law. And I said, but anyway, it doesn't matter. I said, because I resigned, you know, and he said, do you have the paperwork? And I said, well, I'd have to go dig it up. It's 20, you're working, we're talking about 2018. And I gave him the name of, of the head of the group, and I said, call this guy. I said, because he's the one I gave all of the paperwork to, the bank accounts, everything. And it was so funny because it was just about a half hour later that Sandy calls me and she says, you never guess who I ran into over at the, uh, over in Franklin. And I said, oh. And it was the guy who was the head of, of the group back in 2018 when I resigned and who I resigned to and who picked up all of the the bank books and the the, you know, the ledgers and the papers and the whole nine yards, and and she was talk, she got a chance to talk to him, and he was in no time, I mean taking care of the situation, and the guy called me from the state and he said, oh don't worry about it. He said you're in the clear. He said you're exactly right. Everything you said was a fact. He said and you know it's already taken care of, and, and that's how quick it works. And I said, that's funny, I said, because my wife just had a chance to talk to, you know, the gentleman who was the, the head of it. I, she, he said, well, how? I said, she ran, to him on, ran into him on the street. <laughs> and he said, wow, he goes, that sounds like serendipity to me. I said, well, whatever, whatever name you want to call it, <laughs> you know. I said, but it happens to us a lot. I said, we call it God, but, you know, of course, you can call it whatever you'd like, but you are acknowledging that. Man, what are the chances? You know, very rare. Very, very rare. And, but that's how it works. You'll see it. I mean, you can look behind you if you want, and you can see how each step connects to the next. And as you go along, these things continue to happen, and you can see that they are connected. You're to be where you need to be, when you need to be, and how you need to be. And that is the beauty of it. It really, truly is the beauty of it. And so the idea is to bring within you the Holy Trinity and allow your will, offer your will, command your will to be whatever God's will is, whatever the Holy Trinity's will is, or whatever is your God 
whoever your God is, whatever it is you worship, let it be the leading force. Because all spirit is one spirit. When God created spirit for each one of us, it is all the same. And it must act accordingly, or it can fall. But unless it has fallen, and, and you know, you will see little of that today anyway. Um, if you put yourself within God within you, when you look at anything, you're looking within. You're actually turned around and you're looking within because everything that exists, exists in God. Everything that was created was created by God. And so therefore, when our lives and through our lives, we have been looking outside. What's out there? All you can see is, you know, a strip mall and, and a couple of stores and a road. But when God is within you, everything becomes visible. It becomes clearer. And you begin to start to see with clarity how the consciousness becomes one with the creative forces. And the soul begins to learn that aspect. And that is how we become, the, we take on the oneness of God is, and remain individual. We can remain individual, knowing oneself to be individual, and yet one with the whole. Because when you take God within you and place him there, and lock him in place and ask him to take up your life and that you will follow his will 100%. And you do the best you can. Not that you're not going to make mistakes, but you do the best you can. You will find that you'll know what's going on all the way around the world. The truth of it. You'll know what's going on three towns over. You'll know who's cheating and who is conspiring and who is, you know, doing what they do for reasons other than what is God. Because God knows. They're not hiding from God. They think they are. But they will pay, trust me, every whit. If they are conspiring, you know, to, to do whatever it is they're doing, and it's not what they were elected for or not what they're supposed to be doing or not what God would have them do, then they will pay every whit. And so the idea is, is that you let God, and God will lead you through it. And you'll see it, but it's not really necessary to always have to change it, because God is going to. Do you know that there was a crack, or there is a crack, in the sun that is 200,000 um, kilometers? kilometers. 200,000 kilometers, <laughs> a crack, and it is spitting out you know, coronal mass ejections. And when they start hitting the earth, well, do I have to say more? I mean, they hit our magnetic fields, and they sometimes get in where there are holes or thinness, and they will then slip in between, you know, the, the layers of, of our atmosphere, and they'll lodge themselves. And if they interact with certain things, oftentimes they can cause instantaneous you know, fireballs that will cause, create, will cause fires, you know, forest fires. 
or if they interact with nuclear material, they can create a nuclear explosion in, in the atmosphere. Look out for those when you see the word sustainability, because it's exactly the opposite. And they are spending money left and right. Everything, sustainability. It sounds right, but that which is right is too, typically wrong. And that which is wrong is typically right, because that's the way it is on this earth plane. But look into it deeply. You know, we're talking about putting bike paths, you know, on the roads. On the roads now. I mean, people bicycling up and down. Can you imagine how long it'll take for you now to go 10 miles to work? If you have to stop every time you run into bikers, because they'll be on the roads. The roads will have a separate section. But here in West Virginia, I can tell you right now that the roads are barely wide enough to hold a car. So it's about being able to see what you need to see so that you can grow where you need to grow and not have, you know, somebody using the words that typically you would think are the best. It's all about oneness. Ask that God take up your life and truly give your will to God and ask your soul to seat itself and, and learn as you go. And it won't take long because we don't have long can you imagine a 200,000-kilometer, you know, I mean, whole And crack. it just continues, you know, and, ha- and they spew more like that. Yeah, this could, this could definitely create a lot of problems for yes, the planet. It certainly should, could. Um, and there's more that we can tell you about that, but we're not going to today. Do you want to do a quick reading, Sandy? Sure. Okay. Blessings to all. For you have come here to understand a deeper meaning for healing. But we have to remind you first that you are spirit beings that have come here, your soul, to join in a physical body and to remember that your connection to God, to the light, is always there. It has never left. So quiet your mind. Move into your heart. Feel the love in your heart and connect to spirit and understand through spirit all things are possible, that your light can be amplified, it can be blessed, and you can manifest if your intentions are pure and the love is there. There is nothing that you can't do. And may God always be with you. Blessings to you. Glory be to God. Remember, 304-567-3354, the Living Life Center, a church of faith and healing. And we want to thank everyone that's joined us for this radio show, and we do hope that you will join us again in two weeks. God bless. God bless.